Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Terror and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And we are enjoying uh, a treat from the Piña Loca Fruteria. Yeah, we went back. Why did we go back, Christy? Because it's so fucking hot. It is so fucking hot. Hot. It is so fucking hot that our state legislatures <laughs> are afraid that once again, yeah. our independent grid uh-huh. in the state of Texas, yeah. the great state of Texas, can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And so back four months ago when we were having a blizzard, Michael, yeah. remember four short months ago when so we crazy. were all <laughs> stuck in a blizzard yeah. and the, the grid couldn't take that right. the grid collapsed basically the grid collapsed so now they're telling us that they can't take these uh high um what is it temperatures yeah it's in texas in texas like look like, there's no have ex- you not lived in right. texas i mean come on there's no excuse and there was to me there was no excuse for what happened during the blizzard no. but at least part of me is like well this is fucking weird this is weird like this doesn't happen uh-huh. here uh it's hot Every fucking summer. Like, what do you think right. is coming? And it's, and it's, I mean, and it's not just like 85 degrees hot. No, none summer. of that bullshit. No, no. It's like 108 sure. degrees hot. Every summer. Every summer. And it's not like it's April right now. It's, it's mid June. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's only going to get hotter. <laughs> it's only going to get worse, y'all. So <laughs> that's why we went back to um, the Pina Loca. You got the knockout again, which is right glorious. Ahead. I just went uh, strawberries and cream. Um, they're both delicious. We've obviously touted this place before. Mm-hmm. We're going to tout it again. If you haven't been, go to the Pina Loca. They are still working on their, they still uh, on their liquor license. But as we've said before, uh-huh. that is a long, long process. Yeah, that's hard to get. So here. you can also just get your own drink and then uh, put booze in it when you get home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. Over in East Dallas, King of the Munchies. Yeah, King of the Munchies, Lakeland and Ferguson. Um, I'm just eat these strawberries right here. Yeah. So, oh yeah, Michael's having strawberries and cream. So it's good. so good. They they have they put crack or cocaine, mm-hmm. crack cocaine in that. <laughs> Did you drop a strawberry? I'm just making a total fucking mess. No, no, you're not. Um, it's delicious. Hey, Michael, I have a question for you. I'm ready. Go for it. Why does Ireland have a disproportionate number of award-winning genius writers? Do you think? Oh man, that is a that is a great question that I often wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is it is staggering uh, for such a tiny island, uh, which even today has less than five million people total. Wow! To have at least in the English-speaking world, uh-huh. I mean. Many of the greatest writers of all time right. in all forms. Right. Do you think this was something that was brought up earlier? Do you think that it may have something to do with the fact that f- almost for their entire modern existence anyway, they've been colonized? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think, um, I think the fact that they, yes, that what the English did to them. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I mean, and that's not just the English, like the, the Catholics before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, when the Protestants came, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, you know, the Republic of Ireland, I think has only been free since mm-hmm. the early 1920s. Um, so it's still in the grand scheme of things, a relatively new, new yeah. nation. Um, and you had like in some of the early 20th century, 
with people like Yates and Joyce mm-hmm. uh, and, and Beckett, who yeah. was a little younger, but all of them laureates. Yeah. And, and all of them in some way dealing in their own way with the concept of what is Irish freedom? What is freedom? How do you get? Yeah. And also a lot of times how they, how do you get the fuck out of here? Right. Um, it's, it's staggering. I mean, I was looking at it. It's, and it's like, yeah, you have Joyce and Yates and, but then you have like Beckett, Shaw, Oscar Wilde. Right. Um, and those are just a few. And yeah. it, it's really just unbelievable. And that doesn't even include people like who we're going to talk today about like Connor McPherson uh-huh. and um, some of the m- m- contemporary yeah, Irish McDonough. writers. Oh my God. Martin McDonough. My who favorite. Is, I, I, I think maybe is my favorite yeah. sort of living playwright at this point. Right. Um, and not... He's like Ari. I think he's maybe like somewhere around our age. Yeah. Like, and the dude wrote a play when he was like 20 something that was just like, oh my God, how, how are you doing Yeah, it's this? the kind of stuff that makes you go, well, I quit. Yeah. I mean, I might as well. Yes. There's no point in any right. of this. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be able to do that. So. I mean, you know, I always think like when I, and, and I make jokes about this and it, it really isn't funny, but I, I, I think it's because I, I relate so much to it, but I always say that, um, Irish people and Mexican people, Latin American people are basically the same people. And I think it has, it does have a lot to do with being colonized. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just kind of looking at it this morning. I just went on the, on the internets and um, um, Latin America and Ireland have like so many big, big, big giant literary Nobel prize winners. And I, I, because a lot of these places, that is exactly what they're dealing with. National identity yes. and who are we in the world now? Mm-hmm. And, and what does it mean to, to be colonized? Yeah. And I, I think another, at least, and you obviously know, would we know way more about this than, than I do, but you have brought up before this idea that in, um, at least in Mexican culture and I assume other Latin America. Latin America, um, that, that ghosts are ghosts and, and the supernatural, right. Uh-huh. Are part of life. Yeah. And it, they seem, they being the Irish, the same, the same. And it's, I think you also have because of, because of the colonizing and because of the Catholicism, but you still have all these connections to an ancient, ancient mm-hmm. past. Yeah. Um, in Mexico and Latin America and in, and in Ireland. I mean, yeah, you know, this, there's, they have, I went over there, uh, in 1994, Mm -hmm. right after I graduated high, like literally the day after graduation. Wow. So hung over on the plane. (laughs) Um, but at that time, I think it's better now, but at that time, because the troubles were going on, um, there was like a real movement to reclaim the Irish language, and it seems to be yeah. more now, but yeah. like back then it was like this fight to reclaim their own language. Identity, yeah. which is, you know, your basic identity, you know, in Spain, North of Spain, and I'm, I'm going there next That's year. So I'm so excited. exciting. There's that is a, so exciting. <laughs> there's this, uh, uh, one of the provinces in Northern Spain is called Galicia and it's where my people come from. And uh, I'm by no means claiming that I'm Irish. That's not what I'm saying. But Galicia is, stands, uh, or is a rough translation of Gaelic. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, a lot of Irish people have 
moved to Galicia mm-hmm. and I've read some of the stuff that they've written about it. And they're like, it's just like being back home, back home, yeah. probably with like nicer weather. <laughs> no, no. It, part of the reason it's, oh, it's part of like it's-, being back home. it's very green. It's very hilly and it's very rainy. Rainy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, it's like I'm living in and Ireland, that's nice. but they speak <laughs> Spanish and Gallego, which is the dialect there. That's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, so why are we talking about Ireland today? We're talking about Ireland because you watched a movie um, that somehow... We missed. We missed. Uh, I vaguely remember when I watched the movie, I vaguely remember seeing a trailer four years ago, probably just on Amazon though, uh-huh. called The Eclipse. Right. In uh, came out in 2009. This is not about the sparkly vampires. No, this is not... not <laughs> it's really not about uh, the natural phenomena of, <laughs> of the eclipse at all, but yes. <laughs> right. I totally forgot that so fucking. Yeah. Uh, no, no. The re- the reason it's called the eclipse, I had to go back and it's because the the female novelist in yeah. the movie, who's a horror writer, has written a, a book, book called, called the, eclipse. the eclipse. Yeah, so, it is. It is about writers. It is about those things. Yeah. And, um, it's, a, it's a yeah. So it's two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Connor McPherson directed it. Uh, he is known for. He's a playwright. Yeah. Uh, known for the Weir, Shining City. The Seafarer yeah. and others. He's an incredible and, playwright. And the Weir is the one I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's one of the most effective ghost story yeah. plays I've ever read. Yeah. So I am not surprised that he was able to right. write a ghost. You know. And then direct this film. Yeah. And which to me unfolds a lot like a short story. Absolutely. Um, it's so great. But so it's based on, he wrote the screenplay, but it's based on a story by Billy Roche, mm-hmm. who is also an Irish playwright yes. <laughs> and, and screenwriter. And he's known for a, a, a bunch of plays, but mostly for a play called no, uh, A Handful of Stars. Yeah. So, And I think Billy Roche might make a cameo in yeah, this movie, yeah, right? Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he plays, I can't remember the name of the guy, but yeah, he, he is in it. Yeah. He plays one of the guys. Which is cool. It starts, uh, stars Kirian. Yeah, or Kieran. I'm Kieran, not, Kieran Hines. One of the most underrated actors in the oh world. Oh my God. If you don't know who Kieran Hines is and you are a fan of uh, HBO's Rome, mm-hmm. he played Julius Caesar yeah, in he's that. so good. He You've seen him everywhere. plays Dumbledore's brother. That's right. In Harry Potter. That's right. He's in a show called The Terror, which is yeah. great. He's he actually won great. Best Actor at the Tribeca Film Festival. For this? For this. Good. Because yeah. he's incredible He's in fucking incredible. Um Aiden Quinn. Aiden Quinn. American actor yeah. of Irish descent. Yes. Who is incredible. And if you don't know Aiden Quinn, you should know Aiden Quinn. If you're my age, he is in Desperately Seeking Susan. That dude, the whole time when we were watching, occasionally Aspen and I would just be like, that dude knows Madonna. Yeah. Like that guy just straight up knows Madonna. He just knows Madonna. He knows Madonna. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And he is such an asshole in this movie. It's perfect. But he does it so. There's this one part where he's like calling to the to the woman, and he's like, "Lena, <laughs> Lena." It's almost like a he's weird so Christopher Walken he's thing. So great. And then the woman, I I he, got I got her name. Okay. So uh, she is famous here for being in High Fidelity. Okay. She plays John Cusack's main like girlfriend in High Fidelity. Uh-huh. She's a Danish actor. Um, her name is Eben Yaila. Eben. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that I hear it, the spelling of it. Yeah. Her, her, her last name is spelled H 
J E J E or something, but it's yeah, it's Eben Yila. Eben Yila, that's a great name. Yeah, and she's wonderful in this. Yeah, and I I have seen her in one Danish film, but yeah, she's a huge part in in High Fidelity. So I really wanted us to try to talk about this movie and not have spoilers. I mean, there may be some, yeah. but we'll warn you. Yes. But basically, this but movie. But go see the eclipse. Yeah, go see the eclipse. Um, uh, Siren Hines plays a man named Michael Farr, mm-hmm. and he is a widower mm-hmm. who is still dealing with that. He's raising his two children. Yeah. And he lives in a little, you know, seafaring or like seaport town in Ireland called Cobb. Yeah. Where they have a li- an annual literary festival. Of course they do. <laughs> of course. And, he, you know, in order to just kind of like take his mind off his normal, regular life, mm-hmm. he has volunteered at the literary festival to be a driver. Yeah, and he to, said he's, he's done it for years. Yeah, to the celebrity novelists, mm-hmm. right? And so he meets um, Eben, mm-hmm. Gaila, uh, who plays Lena. Right. And Aiden Quinn. Right. Who plays Nicholas Holden. Motherfucker. Right. <laughs> And he, his job is to just drive them around to wherever they need to go. Mm-hmm. And those two writers have a previous connection to each other. Yes. A romantic connection that one of them is more interested in the other than the other one. Yeah. Is. And there, there, there are some, some questionable choices have been, have been made, made in right. that relationship. And, um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, what, what more can we say? About- well, I mean, I think, so one of the things you, you kind of get early on is Aiden Quinn seems to be extremely famous, yeah. in, especially in that world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He also is extremely American. And um, <laughs> I think you texted me, I hate Aiden Quinn and all, all of America. And that is a testament to how good Aiden Quinn is in this movie mm-hmm. because he doesn't, he hits on obviously the stuff that I assume people in most of the world don't like about us, mm-hmm. but it's not just sort of like over the top um, stereotype. Like he's, it's still he is a nuanced asshole, right? Right, and it just makes it like <laughs> right because like I was like, oh, I know this fucking guy. Like mm-hmm. I know this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, He's just, maybe the guy I know isn't quite as famous. So you add that like assholeness to we fame. no know yeah. this, who this, this guy, guy. it's it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh shit, I worked very closely yes. with this guy for many years. And part of me- Just not as talented. Right. And part of me thinks he is probably based on some novelist that Billy Roche <laughs> knows, yeah. has met at yeah. one of these things, right? Uh-huh. Like- fucking a here he comes and like he has to take over even when he's trying to be out of the way Mm -hmm. he still has to like take over the room oh absolutely and he knows he's doing it yes he knows he's doing it he calls up the novelist and he says i'm gonna lena yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna come to your reading and she's like oh no don't come whatever whatever and then she's in the middle of her reading she's not as famous as he is but she's still famous Mm -hmm. um and he just kind of like disrupts everything Mm -hmm. Not meaning to, but absolutely meaning, meaning to. to. Yeah. Um, and kind of, yeah. It, it's, it's that type of asshole that makes everything about him. Yeah. And, and Aiden, I mean, good on Aiden Quinn. Like, uh-huh. cause oh, no. It, he's, he's fantastic so good. in he's, it. He's fantastic in it. Um, so, obviously, this is a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
I just want to talk a little bit about because bef- I mean I kind of don't know how to talk about it. It's it's billed as like a drama horror thriller love story tragedy, and I, all this, of those things kind yeah, of work. Yeah, they do work, and I think they work beautifully. And mm-hmm. one of the critiques that this movie got, and I think it's why we missed it a little bit, is that a lot of people came down on <clears throat> it really hard for quote not knowing what it wanted to be. And I think what? people who market movies just didn't know how to. When I texted you, I said, this is a ghost story for adults. Yeah. Unlike the trash that we watched the, the last previous week, week. The previous or, week. Yeah. This is a ghost story for people who are, I don't know, who are grown up i don't know i don't even know if that's even I, fair to say i don't know why so this, i mean and this maybe is part of a larger discussion we can have um i don't know why a ghost story look you and i love the conjuring yeah part one yes absolutely <laughs> and hate the conjuring part three um not not every ghost story has to be that why can't a ghost story also be a love story. Right. Why can't a ghost story also be a tragedy? Like, I don't understand. Not every, not every ghost story has to be, um, we got to get the Catholics here to exercise the, uh-huh. the demon. I, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Especially, you know, and we've talked about it several times, but we talked about it last episode too, that ghost stories are the perfect vehicle to talk about loss, to talk about grief, to talk about the thing that you are not dealing with in your life that you need to deal with before you go on. Yeah, and this is this sets that up. So I on those lines because I know we I figured we would bring that up. I read a um, a piece of literary criticism mm-hmm. called uh, "Ghost uh, Ghosts as Metaphor for Memory in the Irish Psyche" ah. by Julia Kuntz, and um, it is explores like why this is so prevalent in Irish literature. Mm -hmm. And she said in literature, the ghost is almost always a metaphor for the weight of the past. Uh, And uh, I mean, I think that's what you've brought up a lot. Like, so, and she then goes on to talk about like, what is that weight in Ireland? And she's like, Catholicism, colonialism, (laughs) immigration, (laughs) poverty. And you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, But so to me, he okay. So Michael meets um, Lena. Lena, and look, obviously they they have a connection. She's kind. She's a little strange. Mm-hmm. She's out of her element. Obviously, right. Um, being in this small Irish town, right. She's British. Also, let's say she's yeah. she's not Irish. She's no, a no, British. She's come, yeah, she's come up from London, and like all Danish actors, speaks better English right. than everyone. Um, so she, yeah, so she really kind of latches on to him. He drives her. Um, so why wouldn't sort of the weight of the past, the weight of grief, why wouldn't that be connected to him clearly, for lack of a better term, falling in love? Right, like or, suddenly, or, yeah, exactly. Or suddenly seeing hope for the first time. There's an attraction to somebody. Yeah. But first, you've got to deal with the thing you haven't, dealt with dealt with yeah and it's like it's right there staring you in the face and, yeah and and so th- that that's where to, uh, that's where the the haunting aspect comes mm-hmm. from in order for this guy who's I, again nothing they don't it's not like 
it's not like they run off and get married or whatever, but no. like this seems to be the first time since his, his wife has died that he's even thought of another, of woman. another woman that he might be able to love right. someone again. Right. Right. And it, it doesn't even start out that way. That's what's so beautiful. It's that he's not even, it's like slowly seeping into his mm-hmm. life. It's not like he meets her Caesar and immediately is like, I'm in love. Right. It's not like that at all. It's, it's, there is a connection. Yeah. And initially I think it's, he sees how the Aiden Quinn character tries to force himself into this woman's life. Yeah. And, and, and at one point, like for real, yeah, uh, like physically intimidating her and things like that. Right. And at first he's just kind of like put off by it right. or annoyed like, by this it. fucking asshole American. Right. And the more he empathizes with her, like the more they make this connection mm-hmm. and this attraction just kind of like, sneakily creeps into his world. And I think it's important to mention that the first, oh my God, the ghosts. Dude, dude, the (laughs) fucking ghost. The first ghost. Holy shit, man. When he's trying to sleep, clearly he can't sleep at night. No. He can't sleep because he's dealing with the thing he's dealing with. Yeah. He hears a noise. He gets up. So simple. Ah. It, man. It freaked me out. And that's not even the best one. No, but it is shot. I mean, it's like the first scene in the fucking movie. Yeah. And Aspen was like, you said this wasn't going to be scary. I was like, well, I clearly lied. <laughs> um, it, sh- it is so simple. And, 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 and kind of fast. Yeah. And it plays, again, I think it plays on that idea of the thing you can't quite see. Right. Uh, the thing that's half in shadow. Yeah, and it's kind of like, what am I looking at? Am I sure? Right. I, and I've heard people like describe real life uh, ghost experiences to them as that. Like the the great Tina Parker once, it, you know, described a, a a a ghost encounter that she had at an old house where she lived in, and she described it exactly like what you just said. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Am I looking at the thing I think I'm looking at? Right. Right. And, yeah. and and it's for him, Michael, the character, and then for us, the audience, which, right. which I loved. Um, and so his one connection to his wife, I mean, obviously his children, but right. that, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but he can't <laughs> avoid his children. That's right. the thing. Like his, he, this, this other connection to his wife, his father-in-law, his father-in-law is a thing that he can, he continuously, we're led to believe has continuously kind of like more and more been putting off. Yeah, and has made excuses yeah. to not go see uh, my favorite Irish pronunciation, Malachi. Malachi. It's not Malachi. It's Malachi. It's Malachi. And he, Malachi has a line that, <sighs> oh, it just kind of like cuts Dude. you to the core. Dude. If you have ever been a person that believed in God, yes. it just cuts you to the core. So <clears throat> he, he gets up, he sees this ghost, Michael does, yeah. Michael does. And he he thinks it's Malachi. Yes. But Malachi's alive. Malachi is alive. And at first he's like, excuse me, I think this is like the great thing. At first he's like, well, because Malachi is at a home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with much Catholic iconography in it. Yes. <laughs> um, the nuns are taking care of him, I assume. Uh, <laughs> he's like, well, maybe Malachi got out like not mm-hmm. got out, but maybe Malachi left. Like he left his room. You don't know if over. he has dementia. Like, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's very, he's old. Um, but then that's clear that that's not it. And right. so he's like, well, 
what the hell am I, how, how am I seeing a vision of someone who's still right. alive? Right. And the connection, what works, I think again, is he's, he's met Lena. He clearly like, they like each other it, uh-huh. in whatever way they have a nice relationship. They're right. friends, but she writes about this stuff. Right. And she's kind of the only person he feels comfortable asking questions uh, to about it. Right. Cause he goes to her book reading and she's just written, it's her book called the eclipse mm-hmm. and it is a ghost story, a, ho- a horror novel. Yeah. And she reads from it and there is a ghost. There is a, she reads a, a passage about seeing a ghost. Yeah. And so he's like, Oh shit, that's exactly how it felt to me yeah. or whatever. So he goes to the home to visit Malachi, Malachi and Malachi's, they were, you're led to believe they were supposed to go somewhere together. He didn't go pick him up. Yeah, he he had gotten him a ticket for the festival, and then he right. didn't fucking show up. He didn't fucking show up, <laughs> and he's like, "You did you just forget about me?" Yeah, or something he's like, like I was in a suit. Yeah, that's a terrible accent. Oh. I apologize. No, but it's true. It's <laughs> and it's really sad. And so they start talking about the thing that Michael just does not want to talk about, or right. Malachi starts talking yeah. about the thing he doesn't want to talk mm-hmm. about, which is Michael's wife, Malachi's mm-hmm. daughter. And he, I'm going to completely massacre it, but he has a line where he says, but to lose a child, but when you lose a child, you almost start believing there can't be a God or yeah. there is no God. Yeah. Cause he's like, I know what it is to lose a wife. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And like, it, it's like you said, it, you hear the line and you're like, oh, okay. But like, no, this is so obviously a deeply religious deeply Catholic mm-hmm. man, his view from his window that he stares out all day is a fucking church. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's important. That is important because having gr- both of us grown up Catholic and mm-hmm. anybody who's grown up in any kind of deeply in any kind of religion. Yeah. Um, and I can only speak from Catholic perspective, but you know, s- somebody you love passes. And the, the first thing people say to you is like, well, they're with God now mm-hmm. or it was in God's plan or God must have had another plan for him or, and I'm like, yeah, what about the plan here? Yeah. Fuck God. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck that shit. You know? Um, and, and And especially when it's something so unnatural as to lose your child, that's unnatural. Right. It's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. And, and look like Malachi is obviously an, an elderly man, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair to say, right? Yeah. He's obviously been deeply religious for m- a long, long time. Right. And you get the sense that, well, you know, I mean, you get the sense, you know, he's nearing the end of his life. He's a very old man. Right. To sort of recant or to question at right. that point. Right. When you're supposed to be. I can't wait. Yes. Or whatever. Or whatever. Or whatever. Getting your last rights and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's shit, man. I mean, it's like, I'm not, I, I will share it. My, you know, I lost my brother and I lost my father on the same day. And my mom, who is elderly, she was already in her, you know, early 80s. I mean, here's a woman who was all had been deeply, deeply, deeply Catholic her whole life, very religious, very devout getting to a point in her life where she was like, I've done it. I've done it all. I've done yeah, it. I did I've, the thing. I've, I've raised my children. Right. None mm-hmm. of them went to prison. Right. There you are know? nine of them. So There's there were a lot of, of chances. I have grandchildren. I've, I've done all the things I'm the, the rest of my life. God, thank you. Like, right. 
and and then at the end of her life, she loses her first son before she dies. Right. That's fucked up. Yeah. It's absolutely fucked up. And I think that's why to go back to this criticism uh-huh. that like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Right. To me, that's what it is, is how do you deal with something that's just so fucking wrong? Right. How does that not haunt you every fucking day? Mm-hmm. And the way it haunts Malachi is in some ways more horrifying than the way it haunts Michael. Right. I, I agree because Michael has his children. Yes. Yes. And is, is um, he's middle-aged, he's right? He's middle-aged. He, 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 but this man is at the end of his this life. This is it. That's his, that was his daughter. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, this guy also, it's like this reviewer who calls himself RoboCop. Dude, um, if you ain't Peter Weller, you need to shut the <laughs> fuck up. Shut the Um, who called the movie pointless it's pointless what does that mean i don't know let me can i can i read you please i would love to hear from i would love to hear from robocop because i was like what are you talking about man uh oh my god where is it where is it okay i'm gonna try and take it off my glasses because i'm old this movie may have had a point but it was so badly made it was lost on me it didn't help that the story was all over the show. I have no idea what Aiden Quinn's part in all this was, but he was an unappealing character drawn in cliche lines. Eben Hyla's character was sort of interesting or heading da- towards it, but never got there. But at least she elicited more connection than Syrian Hines' character, who I really couldn't care less about. Are you ki- No, then he, this guy's dead inside. There were a couple of good scary moments in this film, but they were for absolutely no reason. Maybe the point of this movie was pointlessness, but that's not really a movie I want to spend time or money watching. It's one saving grace was its beautiful location and cinematography, which absolutely do not make a worthwhile watch. Oh, Robo I even Cap. disagree in, in that last sentence yeah. because there are plenty of movies that are crappy that are just kind of like landscape porn that I yeah. will watch anyway. Yeah. I mean, in the Irish seaside landscape is what more do incredible. You want? I look, if you can't, I don't, I mean, I don't even really know what to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's just, we can't even if you, respond to if that. If you have no connection to to the main character, the protagonist, to Michael, I I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, I think, like, I, this is a person who clearly, like we said, has never lost anyone. Yeah. Or is not dealing with loss. Right. And I, I just, I, like, to say it's pointless. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's th- hilarious to me that he's like the the scary moments happen for no reason. They happen for no reason. W- yeah, what is that like, fucking? One mean? of the world's greatest playwrights, two of the world's greatest playwrights, wrote in you know events in their story for absolutely no. Yeah, they were like because they don't understand how to write. Billy, we need a fucking ghost here. Are <laughs> 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 you right, Connor? What like, for, Connor? For no reason. No reason. No reason. Not at all. <laughs> um, I. The ghost, the, the one that are, dude, dude, there's one moment. I mean, I texted you. I, I honestly I don't want to say it because no, it's no, no, fucking shocking. I had the same reaction. And it was after that one that I said, I'm texting Michael. Yeah, that, that is scary as hell, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and timed brilliant. I mean, it's it's even scarier because the timing of it is brilliant. But then if you, if you go back and sort of break down when the- When they happen. There's- 
There's they stem from yeah. what happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly. It is, this is a guy. Look at the, uh, here's the point. Like you already made it at the beginning in order for this man to somehow move on in any way, shape or form. Yeah. He has to come to terms in whatever way he can with the fact that his wife is gone. Yeah. And if you notice every time this ghost appears to him, right? Or Mm -hmm. when he sees the ghost, it is because there is some event that he needs to be made aware of. Yes. Yes. So... So there you go. There you go. That's what that's what the ghosts were for, Robocop. Yeah, and also the point of Aiden Quinn is, I think, t- more than just the fact that he's an asshole American that kind of sets... Like, there are plot device moments that he's required. He's, because he's an asshole, right. she has to call Michael. Right. Right? Like, that's... There you go on the most basic level. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because he's an asshole in like a very real way, um, th- th- Michael actually gets concerned about her, right? right? Like he and it forces his it forces Michael to deal with something also like physically mm-hmm. to kind of engage uh, to engage physically yeah. in something. Now, I will also say. In, in a more sort of like perhaps subtle way, you, in Aiden, Aiden Quinn is a foil to right. Michael. Mm-hmm. And Michael cannot let go of a wife he no longer has, right? right? Because she has died. Right. Aiden Quinn wants nothing to fucking do with exactly. the wife he does have. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, don't, I was about to mention that. I don't that. know, Robocop, how to explain basic <laughs> fucking literary shit to you, man. Like, I, I that's. I'm so glad. I love it when you get pissed the, at people who can't understand that's literature. That's like saying Laertes has no point in Hamlet. Fuck <laughs> off. Like. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Robocop. Yeah, I mean, it's, no, but it's true. <laughs> it's like, because I was about to, you said it much more eloquently, but I was about to say, yeah. Siren Hines is trying to deal with a wife that's no longer there. And Aiden Quinn is de- like the ghost in his life is a marriage kind of. Yes. But not really. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the thing he's trying. He's trying to ignore this thing that is right there. Uh-huh. Um, also, I mean, I think there is granted Aiden Quinn is very wealth, seems very wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Or famous and, and they have different lives. But like, look at how bad not just that Aiden Quinn is an asshole, because he is in this. Not in real life. I'm sure he's a lovely man. His daughter. <laughs> his daughter's, his in, daughter's it. in it. Yeah. She's you know, like, it's great. He brought his daughter to Ireland. Right. That seems like a good thing to do. Um, but you see by avoiding, right? Mm-hmm. By not engaging in, in the world around him, how far, like, like Aiden Quinn's, he's a fucking raging alcoholic. Right. He violent. Is, he is a violent alcoholic. He is a philanderer who will fuck anyone. Right. Um, like you're a waitress. He's going to try to fuck you. Like right. that's a point of the film. Mm-hmm. And so you can look like this is a path that Michael could go down. Right. Um, minus maybe the fancy hotels. If he doesn't deal with the shit he needs to deal with. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I, 
Oh, RoboCop. It, yeah. And you know what? I think not to pick on RoboCop, but to pick on RoboCop. RoboCop is representative of all the people who said this movie was no good. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a, I also then, you know, like, I don't know, man, you, you said it really well. You said it unfolds like a short story. Go read. Yeah. Like, this stuff won't seem surprising to you. If yeah. You occasionally read something. It's just so strange to me. And it's like, here we are, we're criticizing a whole bunch of people who were saying they don't read or yeah. I don't know. Uh, this movie had a $3 million budget. Uh-huh. That is a small budget. Oh my God. That's it's a small tiny. budget. It's tiny, but it's beautifully shot. It's got amazing, amazing actors in it. Yes. I mean, the story is so good. The effects are so good. And the worldwide cumulative gross was like something like $155,000. Like it, it is considered a failure. That is so bizarre. By box office terms. Right. And it's so crazy to me that we measure success or failure in filmmaking by how much money, money it, it makes. makes. Yeah, I mean, I, I yes, and that is because people are tragic. because people are going to miss this movie. Oh man, I, look, we watch. I would say you know more horror movies than most people. I yeah. know there are other people who are even more hardcore than we, but like we missed this. I mean, this movie is eleven years old, and yeah. and I hadn't. See yeah. it. Um, it's also it's actually when it's scary. And again, this isn't a movie. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. When it's scary. Yeah, and this isn't a movie. Uh, uh, you know that goes a hundred miles an hour, right? Yeah. Like there's a moment in, uh, you know, I know I always bring up Insidious or whatever, but yeah, I'll bring up Insidious. Like there, there reaches a point in that film where it's like, buckle the fuck up, right? Because James Wan is going to try to scare you, like multiple times in, yeah. yeah yeah every every two seconds something's coming this is not that this movie. is not that this picks four or five six moments throughout the film to scare you right um and it does it really well yeah which is not that easy to do right um and it like you said it it is a small budget so it it relies on practical effects really Great lighting, sound, those things. Mm -hmm. It's it's not relying heavily on, you know, crazy CGI stuff. Yeah, I just want I just want people to go and watch it. And I know that we have some people who listen to us who just like to listen to us because I've 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 heard they've said this to me. They're not necessarily super horror fans, but I want those people to give this movie a chance because this is straight up a beautiful film. Yeah. I, if I could, I could, I feel like I can use Aspen as a representative of, uh -huh. of that group because like she is not by any means a, 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 a huge horror movie fan. Right? right. Like she will watch some stuff with me mm -hmm. uh, just cause it's on and half the time she'll play a, you know, like a right. game or something. Um, then there are some horror movies she really likes, but yeah, she's not like seeking it out. Right. She, I, this isn't going to get, she openly fucking wept during this right. movie. I did too. Like it is, if you took out the ghosts, I don't think you should because I do believe they have a point. Right. <laughs> but even if you remove the scares, right? Uh -huh. Even if I was like, ah, the ghost was creepy. It didn't terrify me. This is still a lovely fucking film. Right. About loss and grief. And honestly, in a very Irish way, in an Irish storytelling way, 
the questioning of the existence of fucking God. Right. Um, there is something else that goes on with Malachi that if you are Catholic is fucking crazy. Right. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, if you're n- not, I don't know if it that is that, as, that the implications I, I, of it. Are, I know exactly yeah. what part you're talking about. Um, and that was also terrifying, terrifying, it, it, terrifying, terrifying and, and heartbreaking and all of these things and scary and all that. Um, this is a lovely movie. I don't know. Uh, also, I know maybe this is crazy and I sometimes it's nice that the focus, the romantic focus of the film is between two middle-aged people. That's the other thing I was going to say. It, that's part of why I like this yeah. movie also. It's because like, I guess that's why I said it's a ghost story for, for grown-up people. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's nice to see middle-aged people in in yeah yeah and i looked it up because it was it's nine years ago uh-huh. and so i looked it up and heinz is he was in his 50s mm-hmm. he's in his 60s now um and Eben yala yala Eben yala uh was in her uh mid like in her 40s it's like, a real 70s thing to do though yes like it's it, old school we've got three adults we're gonna make a film like we've got wait. three really 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 good actors yeah and 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 there's another thing that I, I I had written down and I I loved and it it's not maybe the focus of the film, but you also see like, man, this little girl is having to run shit at home. Oh yeah, because her father is so disconnected. Is so disconnected that I mean, how old is that? She's like. 13? 13? Yeah. I mean, she's like running the fucking household, man. Yeah. And there's that one point, and I'm sure, look, this is, I'm just going to stereotype. I'm also sure like Irish children learn to make tea at like two years old. Absolutely. But like at one point, she's like in her pajamas. Her dad's all fucked up. Yeah. And she's just like, do you want some tea? And then she just <laughs> goes over the kettle and starts. I was like, this little girl is running the fucking house. Yeah. Yeah. And the one time that she drops the ball, yeah. she gets it. She man. gets it. And it's like, what could I do? Because her brother isn't that much younger. Mm-mm. She's like, I couldn't. He, yeah. he basically sneaks out of the house because he wants a Coke. You're not my mom. <laughs> I fucking love it. He yeah. just wanted to go to the gas station. To get a Coke. Coke. I was like, I feel you, I man. feel him. Yeah. And she's like, I tried. Yeah. And the, it's so great that it's like these high drama moments. I guess I should just say it. Like these moments when the scares happen correspond with events in their life that are just so kind of quotidian, you know, like just common. Yeah. And I love, it's like, I love it because he freaks out because the little boy who's, I don't know, was he like Like 10 10 or 11 Uh or something? Isn't there. It's the middle of the night. It's the middle of the night. And he's like, what the hell? But then at the same time, it's like this lovely, small Irish seaside town. And she's like, I tried to stop him, but he really wanted a Coke. (laughs) So then Michael just has to go to the gas station right. and be like, get in the fucking car. Right. Like, Where do you think you're going? Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's really, really, really beautiful. And it's, you know, I wanted to touch back upon, like, it's nice to see a story about these two middle-aged people who are finding love, who are starting again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> without it being Lorraine and Ed Warren. Warren who are constantly having to prove that they love each other with some corny anecdote about yeah. their life. 
Do you know what I mean? I don't know, Christy. There wasn't a single fucking gazebo in this film. And <laughs> I don't know if they believe each other. I don't, I don't, think I don't know like if they it. love each other. Um, how, how do we know that they love each other unless they profess their love to each other in a gazebo? I need a gazebo. I need a gazebo. Um, now, it does, it, does it matter? So does the gazebo negate... <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. Does the gazebo... Is the gazebo love greater i don't know how to how to phrase this is lorraine and 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 ed warren's love greater because of the gazebo (laughs) or is it less than because of the 15 year old girl that ed brought into their house (laughs) to be his lover for four decades do you know about this no oh my god (laughs) I thought you were going to say, is the gazebo stronger because of their love or is their love stronger because of their <laughs> Well, that's funny too. This is fucking real? It's real. I found this out today. I was informed of this today. So, yeah. What? I mean, because you know that they're, they're, they're not for real. I mean, they're, I mean no. Ed and Lorraine are just, they were people who, I mean, like, the, I love The Conjuring. Don't get me wrong. I love The Conjuring. It is a Fiction, it is, it, but it is, it is a, a fiction. Work of fiction, and it's you know I love that in the Conjuring they do have to have that one scene that shows you that they're not phonies, and they do that by telling you most of the time ghosts are pipes, sure, or whatever, sure, yeah, whatever. Yeah. just so that you know that Ed and Lorraine are not here to fool or con anybody, right. yeah, yeah, out of anything. Uh, but no, yeah, so apparently at some point in their marriage, Ed they they took in this fifteen year old girl and she lived with them for like three or four decades and was ed's girlfriend oh my god can we make that fucking movie i want to make that movie (laughs) and then so after after ed died that woman who was much older by then of course came out and said like this is this is what our relationship was and lorraine's people were were like like, no she's lying this is not true she's lying and I'm like, it is for real. I mean, it's absolutely, true. It it's is true. Absolutely I know true. nothing about it, but I guarantee like, it's if true. If you brought in a 15 year old and you said, we're adopting her, that's one thing. But if you bring in a 14 year old, 15 year old into your house and she just lives with you for 40 fucking years. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go get a job. Yeah. Like what's going on? No, right. that's great. I, I, uh, I read, I love that we're back on the Warrens. Um, Go see the eclipse. It's awesome. Oh my god, uh, it's so good! But uh, yeah, I read a thing about um, this this you know sort of guy who writes for a skeptic magazine or whatever years ago uh, when they were both, both still alive. He went and met them, mm-hmm. um, and he said he said yeah, uh, they're very uh, they seem to be very kind people. Like when you meet them, they're charming. They're very nice. They couldn't have been nicer to us. Um, they went on a little tour and did an interview. And they, and, but they said at the end, but he's like, it's so obvious to me at best they're con men and at worst they're extremely dangerous. Mm. And I was like, yeah, man, you could be a charlatan and that's shitty. Um, you can also use religion and all of that shit to justify horrible fucking things. Right. Like murder and abuse. Right. Um, so that's where I'm at on the warrants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those things are not, you know, mutually exclusive. You can be a lot of things at the same yeah. time. Humans, um, humans can be complex. But it's just funny to me that the stories about the Warrens and these stories about how the Warrens love each other uh-huh. and they have an undying love because they're Catholic right. and have a gazebo. And I'm not going to let that go. No, nor should you. Um, 
is somehow better movie material is somehow deemed a better movie than this little sleeper. Right. That is absolutely gorgeous. That deals with bigger, like bigger questions and doubts and kind of like, I don't know what my life is. I don't know that final scene, that final, the final ghost scene. Uh huh. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I mean, that was Aspen as well. I, I have no soul. So, uh, (laughs) no, I, I, I mean, it's so, it's so effective. You sold your soul to to, Millhouse. To Millhouse. (laughs) (laughs) It's so effective. And, um, even the sort of epilogue, like uh-huh. b- the way that, that the relationship between Michael and Lena plays out is also lovely and, and real and real. Like it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's not some sort of Hollywood right. romance. He doesn't build her a gazebo. He didn't even build her a fucking gazebo. Cause he doesn't care. Uh, when is y'all's 30th anniversary? Cause I want to buy you and John. <laughs> A gazebo. I'm going to start saving up. You have some time. <laughs> okay. You have some time. You have about five years. Okay. I'm going to- better start saving up. I'm starting up. a gazebo fund for, <laughs> for your and John's 30th. Do you guys remember? Um, yeah. It, it's, it's. I don't know. Do you guys remember when you met in that gazebo? <laughs> gazebo in 1959 um, before you were born? No, I don't. We didn't. We met at a No, no. It was a gazebo, y'all. It was a gazebo. Yeah. The, the Eclipse this is a lovely film. It is a testament to, I think- uh, Irish ghost stories. Yeah. Um, you know, it's gorgeous. Like I, if you have ever, if you know what it is to deal with loss, even if you don't, you really, really, really should go watch this movie. But I will say that if you have dealt with something like that, um, it's, 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 it's gonna touch you. Yeah. And it's, it's also, I think a testament to, I, I know simple sounds like it was easy. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but sort of simple, elegant filmmaking. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes is when he takes her to see his parents, uh, grave. Yes, dude, that place is real. And I was like, that place is real. Yes. That place is real. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like ancient, ain't the, there are things in that country that are still standing, you know, and I guess this is the case throughout Europe. Yeah. Right. Um, that, that are truly ancient. Everything is already art directed for them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was, I mean, one more, th- I just, I was thinking about, and I don't know where we are in time, just babbling. Um, you know, there's like, if you go all the way back to the fucking Druids, mm-hmm. so well before Christianity, and this is like even pre like what we think of as like when Greek theater started and all that shit. Um, like the role of bard, in some of those Celtic mm-hmm. cultures was religious yeah. and like highly fucking regarded. Uh-huh. And so I think Ireland, um, like places in Latin America, right. uh, where, where the, the, the storyteller actually is really oral, is res- like, is, yeah. it starts as an oral, an oral tradition. tradition. Yeah. And they are actually respected. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, there was one scene also where they're, wa- they're just walking down this like street or this little kind of alleyway or whatever. And there's a statue of a Virgin Mary dude. in somebody's house. And dude. I'm like, that's real. Oh, yeah. Like that Virgin Mary, that five foot dude. high yeah. Virgin Mary is- statue is actually in someone's window. Yes. I know it's Ireland, but I've seen it in my hometown in South sure. Texas too. It's, uh, man, it is, 
man, sometimes I, I mean, I know this, this is crazy and I've said it before, but let, I don't miss all the bullshit of being Catholic, but like, I don't know. There's just something unlike it. And when I see it represented in certain ways, like when I see it represented next to the questioning, next to the doubt, next to like the thing that's Catholicism is huge. It's huge. And when it's put next to a thing that's even bigger, I don't know. There's just like a beauty in it to me that I know I'm rambling. No, no, I think you're right. And I look, I, it was funny. I talked to, uh, I saw Ian, our friend, mm-hmm. Ian Ferguson, friend of the show, mm-hmm. who, you know, is like, <laughs> poor Ian. Whenever we're like, He's our Protestant what friend. are Protestants doing? <laughs> Ian's like, okay. Um, but no, I talked to him. Um, we hung out the other night in the 98 degree heat. Uh, and he was saying something. We, we were talking about movies. I think I probably brought this movie up. And he even said, like, you know, as someone who was raised very, very Protestant in Texas, he said there is something that's so, like, this the, the symbolism and the iconography involved in Catholicism in his mind, he was like, it, it allows you to sort of look at these grander, bigger things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and when I was raised, because we didn't have that, everything gets turned back on you. Ugh. Like I have to do this. I have to do that. He's yeah. like, and, and there's sort of this in Catholicism again, from his perspective uh, was it, it is, it just is inherently dealing with these like grand huge right. things. Right. Um, oh, so like that suddenly makes so much sense. I mean, not that it didn't before, but there's that great scene in Elizabeth, right? Where with a uh, Cape Blanchett mm-hmm. where she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make them love me. Right. And uh, what's his name says to her. Well, you know, they love her. They love, they her. love her. They love her. Yeah. And she becomes yeah. her. Yeah. She, be- she, she looks become- at the Virgin Mary and becomes as a, <laughs> As the daughter of the dude who kind of started Protestantism, uh-huh. <laughs> or at least one of, one of the two Lord or three Curly. dudes. Um, I am married. I am married. England. I fucking love that movie. Oh man, I cry every time that scene. I love that movie so much. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, she becomes this bigger thing. It's turned right? back on her. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, man, the Irish. The Irish. <laughs> They're great. Go watch The Eclipse mm-hmm. 2009. It's so, so good. It's on Prime right now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say. What do you want to talk about next time? I saw a movie that I really, really love that you need to watch. Is it Seance? Yeah, yeah. Seance. Let's do that. I haven't, I haven't watched Seance. Um, I've been, I, the I've poster been, makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> like, it looks so, like it's going to be super fun. It's so good. I really, really like Great. it. Parker Gray's cat loved it. That's important. I got pictures of Parker Gray's cat, like watching, very intently watching seance. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait for you yeah. to see it. Oh, and then, or, oh, oh or, my God. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so our friend, uh, is, is gonna hook us up yeah. with a movie that is not out in America yet. Right. It is out in other places. Right. And it's called the new order. Yes. La nueva orden. That looks Mexico. fucking bold. It is bold as fuck. And this movie, I I imagine, has already made more than a few people really, really, really angry. And I shared the trailer with some of my Mexican friends. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And he, he said uh, it's one of, he, he was, he, it blew him away. So we'll see he... Which works out first, but mm-hmm. those will be our next two. Yeah, in, seance in, and the new order. Yeah. Um, 
Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jim John Make Noise, for our theme music. And thank you, the Piña Loca, for keeping us cool and refreshed on this uh, fucking hot day. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, you know what we didn't do? What? We'll see you next time <laughs> on Terror and Tacos.